to the Paint, Rest, Repeat podcast with Roz Gervais and Laura Day, where we chat about our creative lives as artists while keeping it real and a little bit messy. We're here to inspire creatives just like you to push past those boundaries and make art that you love. Let's dive in. Alrighty, well, we are back. Exciting, exciting. So today, Laura and I are going to dive into how to value yourself as an artist or is it how to, Laura? Are we doing how to? Yeah, (laughs) Uh, I think so. I think we're just going to have a little chitty chat today about the topic of valuing yourself. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that's it. Let's workshop it. And what about like valuing your creative practice as well? Like I th- feel like it's all interconnected. Oh, definitely. Because that, you know, it's also that the time sort of side of things, like spending time on your art, does that feel like a luxury and something, you know? Yeah. All right, cool. Do you want to start? So yeah, we were talking earlier. We sort of came up with a few little points that we wanted to touch on today with the overarching theme of valuing yourself and valuing yourself as an artist. And I think it leads on to the previous conversation that we've had in another podcast episode about why is it so hard to call yourself an artist? So I feel like to start off, even just claiming that you are an artist can be like a really big statement to the world. And really owning it and really feeling good and feeling confident in saying that you are an artist. And when you're interacting in the world, you like sort of, you know, making that statement. That is a huge step. That's actually episode 17. So if anyone wants to go and have a listen of that one, go for it. We sort of chat about, yeah, our different takes on that. I think, yeah, calling yourself an artist is a big one. So for the episode today, we are sort of assuming that you've gotten over that bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know you're an artist. You know you like to make art, which is my definition of an artist, and you know that you're creative and all of that, but perhaps you don't value yourself. Maybe you don't feel like you're a real artist or your art is good enough to make you officially a big public artist or maybe you find you feel like your time around art making is you know, a luxury and you sort of feel guilty even making time for your art making. Have you had a personal experience with this, if you cast your mind back? I think I've always been creative. I've always made time for my art practice. And when I made the decision to run my own art business, then that gave validation to like, me spending numerous hours on my art practice. So there's no guilt around buying art supplies. There's no guilt around carving out time for my art practice. And there's so many things in my creative lifestyle that I've built into like having a a creative business that like link into that as well. So I've done a bit of mindset and personal development work around just hanging out with my artist friends in the week, that's networking. That's part of running a creative business. And yeah, I don't feel guilty about that because that actually helps me propel forward in my creative practice. So I know some people probably listening to this podcast 
might not be at that point. But I think when you have made that decision, you're in a creative business, you've got your own creative business bank account, you're generating money into that business, then, you know, all the art supplies, that's operating expenses. Like that's, you know, that's all of that money comes into it. So I think maybe the struggle might be going from like a hobby, from that hobby level. That's where all of those those sort of feelings might surface. What about for you? What's your take on that? Yeah. So my take on the... (laughs) I've got a really messy brain today, by the way, just so you know. So my take on the sort of valuing myself as an artist, gosh, that's a really tricky one, isn't it? I know that my guilt and all of that has reduced over the, like over time as I'm getting more and more into my business and all of that, my guilt has reduced. And so I sort of feel like it's just what I do now. But yes, when it was a part-time side gig sort of thing, that was a lot harder to justify. And definitely finding that balance with my partner as well. Like that when I'm making art, I'm not just, you know, skipping on the kids or whatever it is. I'm actually working. It's such a funny concept, isn't it? Because I think actually that ties back to the whole belief that for something to be a job, you can't like entirely enjoy it which by the way is BS because <laughs> because I love almost all of my job, my art job, I adore. And you're probably the same, Laura. I mean, there's there's not so fun admin computer stuff. Like filing? I just don't yeah. do that. I just skip <laughs> that bit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like a lot of it is amazing. And I feel like a lot of my leisure time, and a lot of my life, the, you know, sort of creative lifestyle aspects that it all feeds into my business, like going to a gallery show or going to the art supply shop or hanging out with you on Zoom and yeah. like <laughs> it's all doing just sort this of fun part of it. podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's also something that we were going to talk about as a key part of valuing yourself as an artist is having a community and having other people and other artists, or at least, you know, creative beings or people in business, maybe small, some, you know, small business buddies that you can bounce ideas off. Like that's really, really powerful as well. Yeah. And champion you and boost up your confidence. And I think, you know, if you're experiencing any of those feelings, they can sort of help to sort of talk you through. And we were talking about that in relation um, with artists feeling like they're being taken advantage of or being asked to work for free for exposure because there is that sort of, I don't know, societal, like they, they undervalue the arts generally. Yeah, societal norm, shall we call it that? Yeah, yeah, something like that. I wasn't, I wasn't sure worry. how to describe it. but I was sitting there going, what's the word? What's the word? Oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, not falling into that trap because if you have done that personal development and mindset work around valuing your work, valuing your time, because even if you enjoy doing it, it doesn't mean that you don't have to get paid for it. You can actually get paid really well to do creative projects. And we all have a right to enjoy 
how we spend our time on this planet as long as we're not hurting other people, right? So, <laughs> so yeah, totally. And actually, this reminds me a little bit of the recent project that I've been working on with my local council. And my contact person there is swear word amazing. Like she is so, so beautiful. So if you're listening, Bianca, hi. Yeah, no, she's just amazing. And for multiple reasons, but one reason is she, what from the outset, she said, Roz, the work that you're doing for us at the moment, we're going to pay you ethically for the amount of time you put into it for all of the supplies, make sure there's a markup for the like da, da 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 da. She took me through the invoicing so that it was 100% ethical, fair market value. She pointed me to is it the National Association of Visual Artists (NAVA) to check on rates and things like that. So if you're listening or watching and you want to join that, go ahead and do that. I haven't done that yet, but apparently it's ma- amazing. They've got a lot of resources. Are you on there? That's for artists in Australia, just for the listeners. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Good point, good point. (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) This podcast episode is sponsored by Laura's Creative Kickstart Coaching Sessions, designed for aspiring artists seeking motivation and support to turn their creative dreams into reality. Go to www.laurajaneday.com slash workwithme to find out more. But there'll be probably organizations or associations like that in your country if you're not Aussie. Um, And it's just amazing. So, yes, we deserve to be paid for our time. Like, how ridiculous that we wouldn't be deserving of that. So, yes, like everyone, like, be proud of that. And that's why the community, like we were saying, and having art buddies or buddies in small business helps because you can sort of cross check with them and say, look, I've been asked to do this. They only want to pay me. $100, they think it's a really good opportunity for me to get my name out there. And you can chat with, you know, your buddies about whether or not that's a good move. Sometimes it is, but a lot of the time, I think actually, I'm going to say a lot of the time it isn't, but sometimes it is. If it's aligned with, you know, the people you want to sell your art to, or the community that you really want to connect with, or the people that you really want to teach in the future, or whatever it is. Yeah. Because if it's not feeling in alignment and it, it, it'll it end up being a project that you uh, become quite resentful of, and if you're not being valued, then it's not worth doing. Like if the people that are approaching you are not valuing what you're doing, then it just pass it up and try for a different project. Or And I think it's probably worth if people haven't done this work before, like doing a little exercise and thinking about like what is your base rate? What's your hourly rate that you would feel comfortable working for? And then have that as, you know, sort of back of the mind when people are approaching you and then just sort of do a little estimate of how many hours you think that's going to take you. And then, yeah, and then feel into that. Like if that is, you're willing to work for that much and then, yeah, if not, pass it up, I guess. Yeah. And I think, as you say, feeling into that is really important. Like, I feel like I'm only just learning how to do that and how, you know, like I'm not looking so much to the rest of the art market for an indication as to how to price my things. Instead, I'm going, I'm thinking like, what do I want to charge for this that I feel comfortable with? You know, not too cheap, not too expensive. I feel good about this and I feel like it's a fair price for everybody 
Yeah, it's definitely good, that looking inward side of things. And we were talking about earlier about the emotional roller coaster that this whole art journey can take you on. And when you're stepping into professional practice as an artist, the dedication and persistence it takes to really forge this career. And like, that's what you're signing up for too. Like you're signing up for inconsistent income. You're signing up for a gig-based economy. You're signing up for potentially people wanting you to work for like nothing or free or pennies, or you're also signing up for people that really value the arts and inviting you into really great, amazing opportunities. But yeah, we just wanted to sort of recognize that emotional roller coaster. Yeah, because that's that's the other thing is you're signing up for those emotions, you know? I had a story that I was mentioning to Laura before that I wanted to share as well, which was this piano that I've been painting for my local council. And, you know, like I've been painting for a while. The subject matter that I'm painting is within, well within my comfort zone, but I did the classic roller coaster thing. So I went at this project. I was like, OMG, yes, I am doing this. Sign me up. I'm doing it. <laughs> I really want to paint this piano because I love music as well. So I was all like so excited. I'm like, I'm there and get started. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's going to look amazing. So it's just on track. And then I'm like, oh, hang on. Actually, <laughs> I don't know about this. <laughs> this is looking a little bit average. No, this is no good. Why did I say yes to this? And then, you know, you just push through. And so I pushed through and kept on going and rode those emotions, understanding that that's part of the journey. And I got to the end and I finished it literally yesterday and I'm really happy with the outcome. So you could sort of quit halfway, but that wouldn't, you know, that wouldn't really get you anywhere. So I think as long as you can accept that that journey is definitely, it's part of being an artist and part of being a creative person then, you know, that'll see you, what's the expression? See you in good stead. Yeah. I think, you know, uh, and that going back to that community aspect, every artist will tell you like that is part of the creative process. Like that is a general like flow of like how any sort of creative project like starts and in the middle is a messy middle. And then, you know, at the end, it's sort of, you know, just about bringing that to completion. And all of the emotions that come up. Mm -hmm. And all the self-talk as well. Have you ever actually paid attention to that? It's quite epic. It's like the voices inside your head. So I'm not talking so much about the negative ones, but when you're trying to pull yourself out from the bottom part and you're trying to pull yourself back up to the, yeah, I'm acing this, I'm going to finish it and it's going to look amazing. You're like, yeah, I can do it. I can do it. I know how to do this. I've done this many times before. I know I know what I like. I can see that bit needs a little bit of that and this bit needs a bit of that. And then you just sort of work work through it and get yourself to the end. So, yeah. And every day you're going to show up different and like you're going to perceive things in in different ways. And you know, sometimes it's that cheerleader egging you on and sometimes it is that inner critic and it it's not good or bad. It's just it just good to notice it and like be aware and see, ah, this is that interesting little story that keeps popping up. And don't give it meaning. I think that's the thing, you know, like if you have those negative thoughts and then you give it meaning, it's like, this means that I am not an artist or I'm not good enough. Like just cut that voice short before it gets to there. Or if it starts to go into those sort of sentences, just stop it at that point. Because it doesn't actually mean anything. It's the roller coaster. Can I bring the conversation back to 
valuing yourself as an artist, the other people around you in your network and how they view art. Because sometimes, you know, some of the people in our direct network, friends, family members, spouses, they might not see the arts in the same way as you. And like, how can we build ourselves up and how can we set boundaries in terms of making that space for ourselves and helping them to see the value in what you're doing as well? This just reminds me of how I, we often say that art is a career for stubborn people because <laughs> I really do think that's the number one. <laughs> true where did you hear that like I feel like I've been a stubborn person I don't know didn't we chat about it no I'm not sure art is a career for stubborn people that's really interesting I feel like that so explains me I'm like I'm gonna do it anyways despite you (laughs) I I genuinely think that that is a thing though because (laughs) especially when you're starting out like going from another job and then going into full-time art it takes epic persistence. It really does. And you do come up against zillions. Maybe that's a lot. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> at least at least 10 people who are of that view. <laughs> people who don't value the art or arts or don't value small business even, think that you should have an office job or something safe. I remember my mum was always about you need a safe job. Don't give up that job because I used to be a primary teacher. So don't give up that job You've got to, you know, keep your position just in case. And, you know, my mum looking after me, so that's nice. But, yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's it's tricky, isn't it? Do you have people, do you, can you, you don't have to name names, but can you think of specific people that have been like that in your journey? I know my family has always wanted me to have a sensible, stable job. My mum said that to my friend at my birthday party. Like, I'm 38 now. It's been going on for ages. I went to art school when I was 18. Like, it's 20 years. Come on. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Yeah. And what do you do? Like, I just tend to ignore, I think, generally. But sometimes, you know, depending on my emotional state, I can be quite upset. I have learned there's not that much you can say back, really. You just, just, you know, what do they say? Zip it. Zip it lock it, put it in your pocket, something like that. (laughs) You just don't, I don't know. I don't say anything back anymore. I just sort of ignore and carry on. I would rather have something that fulfills me and brings me joy. And I'm just going to say, I feel like the conventional workplace is becoming more and more irrelevant as well. I feel like more people are stepping into creating their own little enterprises and COVID accelerated like people are working from home and then people realise that they can make money pursuing things that really light them up. So I've never fit into a regular conventional mould. I've always been outside of the box and I've become more accepting of that. I had so much inner conflict when my younger self going through art school and you know, feeling conflicted and not really fitting into like the regular nine to five workplace. And since finding out more about my star self and how I operate and really thinking about how I work best and show up in the world, being an artist like just suits me to a T because I can set my own schedule. I can say yes and no to different projects and I can manage my energy level. And my chronic illness is so much better now that I've got 
my own freedom to set my own schedule. So I feel like, you know, it doesn't matter what other people say. If this is the right path for you, just dedicate to it. And yeah, it it is about sort of like (laughs) proving all those naysayers wrong. It's such a big personal journey though. And we've talked about this a little bit in previous episodes, can't give you the episode number, sorry, but art and personal development, because it's, it's almost like, you know, actually, you know what I said when I first started taking my art sort of seriously was that it feels like coming home. I sort of forgot that sort of what's the word that analogy, but it's, it's true. It's like, it's almost like self-acceptance and that's just huge, I think. And I, I don't know, maybe you have to go through a bit of life before you get to that point. I don't know. It's been a big, like my art journey has been a big thing for me on the confidence front. That's why I guess we come to this topic today because both of us have been through it in different forms. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm all for it. Yeah. It's about following that calling of the heart, isn't it? And really honoring that like little whisper and and just following it through. And not ignoring it. Like I think so many of us are raised in that way. Like, no, this is, this is a normal job that you should have. So that's the job you're going to have or whatever it is on multiple levels. I think we're just taught a lot to just bottle things up or just, you know, can that thought, can that desire, it's not realistic. And that's, that's very sad. I'm getting emotional, Laura. It's one of those days. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, we were talking about that emotional roller coaster, weren't we? (laughs) Hey, should I bring up reading the review? Oh yes, please. (laughs) We had a lovely review. I thought before we end up going on another trail of thought. Yes, as we do. Okay, so we did have a beautiful review from the artist Sarah McKenzie. I believe she's based where you are. Is that right? Yeah. Ballarat as well. So you can find Sarah McKenzie over on Instagram. She is sarah.mckenzie.art and we will pop her link down below underneath the YouTube video or the podcast wherever you're listening. And she says, thanks again for a great podcast. Can relate to so much of what you are saying. Look forward to trying to be more intentional with goals and direction as it is easy to just go off on whims and tangents, which can be fine, but may not always be aligned with your bigger picture. And that's so true. Like that's, Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. because we had a, yeah, really good chat about goals last week. And I think, or last fortnight, sorry. And I think we're planning perhaps in the future, we'll do another episode, but more around, what was it? Feeling-based goal setting? Yeah. Yeah. Feeling-based goals. Yeah. Mm, I think that will be interesting. Thanks, Sarah. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. That was a lovely review. Let's check my notes. Okay. So we we were also talking. So Laura takes notes for our podcast in like typed note form and I do the mind map and it just works for our different brains. Okay. So I've got my mind map in front of me and we've sort of talked about a whole lot of it. We're going to talk a little bit about money. I mean, you talked about hourly rates and knowing your worth and all of that. Then there was pricing your art, I think. Yeah. And I mean, that's a whole nother topic in itself. But yeah, I mean, pricing your art does relate back to valuing yourself as an artist and also like actually setting up your art as a proper like business business. Like that's a huge big step that you're like, I'm taking this seriously. Like this is, you know, what I am building. But also what I've been experimenting with lately was the profit first as well and paying yourself first. Energetically, I feel like that's super exciting for me. 
And, you know, I'm still diving into my money mindset and it is evolving. And my baseline hourly rate has just raised over the last couple of years. I just feel so much more confident around that because I have dedicated to that work and professional development around it. But yeah, the profit first, I feel very excited about because that will be like amazing special money. It's 10% of my income and I'm setting that aside and I will draw from that. And, you know, it's tangible money that I'll get at the end of each quarter. And then I get to choose what to, you know, if I want to go and get a beautiful massage or just do something as a celebration for the money that I've generated in my art business. And it is like, it's a symbol of like, you know, what I'm creating, which is amazing. But yeah, just having those structures in place and, you know, paying yourself well, raising your alley rates, feeling that you're charging enough and charging like an honourable rate that feels in alignment to you, you know, that can go a long way. And I believe, Roz, you had um, a specific like planning guide that you wanted to refer people to for like people that are wanting to look at pricing their paintings. Yeah, definitely. So I have an artwork pricing guide for original artworks, although you could apply it to a few other versions like prints, maybe. But yeah, if you want to go and grab that, um, we'll pop the link down below. Just takes you through a few different options like pricing by square inch, by linear inch, and also by the time, the time-based model as well. But yeah, so much of it does relate to, yeah, your worth and knowing how much to charge, especially on an hourly basis and how to manage also, this is an interesting one, how to manage the price of art in the same sort of market that you're in and your charges and what you charge. Because I think, I swear that places like Etsy, I don't know if you've ever sold work on Etsy, they are not good. I just feel, I don't know, I just, opinion may change, but I feel it's not good for the value of art in this world. I just feel like the prices on there are pushing art prices down, 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 and I don't think it's good for artists. But yeah, what do you think, actually? I know we don't want to dive too deep today. but I know, know. <laughs> I know. I will make another episode specific to, for pricing your work. And I think in relation to getting ready for exhibitions, I feel like we're definitely going to have chats about those topics. But yeah, I think, you know, if you value yourself, then maybe think about retailers or galleries or online marketplaces that value the arts and that are not beating the prices down for artists and making really affordable art. I think it is more about placing your work in those contexts and really exploring those options if you need like a different distribution channel other than like your own marketing channel. This is a juicy topic. I know. Because I've got so many thoughts right now. I think we're just going to have to save it for another episode. Yeah. But I just wanted to mention your guide. So for everyone. (laughs) So yeah, we will put that in the show notes. I think that is sort of relevant to the topic today. Let us know what you think of this episode and for future topics around getting ready for an exhibition and pricing your work. Just let us know if they would be of interest to you. Is there anything else you want to add for the topic today, Rose? Or I think that's all really. But yeah, just that the hottest tip probably about valuing yourself as an artist is finding some people to support you 
I think that has got to be the absolute number one. It's that whole believing mirrors thing as well, you know? Yeah, Julia Cameron, believing mirrors, definitely. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening to our episode this fortnight. We will be back in two weeks with another exciting topic. Who knows what it will be? If you would like to leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts, that would be amazing. That will help us to reach even more creatives just like you and help them on their journey. We will pop down below as well a link to some instructions for how to leave that review because it can be a little bit tricky, especially if you're not an Apple user like us. I don't think you're an Apple user mm-hmm. either, are you? Mm-mm. It's it's okay. Once you know the steps, it's easy enough. So thanks, guys, again, and we'll see you in two weeks. Bye, Laura. Bye. Bye.